Welcome to the Beauty Mavens Podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. Our guest today is an incredible educator, nail boss, and social media maven. We're so excited to chat with her and I'm so excited to share all her knowledge. Before we get into that, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five star review, and we will love you forever. Okay, we've got the ultimate boss babe in the house today. Officially started her career in the beauty industry over 15 and a half years ago while she was in university, thinking that it was just going to be a great side hustle. She received her degrees in education as she built her clientele on the side and learned all she could about business. She's a mom of two little boys and all while owning a very successful and extremely fun salon together with her husband called Lacquered Loft, located in Orem, Utah. She is innovative and always creating new courses for HDH education, has taught over hundreds of students and apprentices, including us. She is an educator for Erica's ATA, all while maintaining a large clientele. The thing we love about her most is that she has made it her mission to share what she has learned along the way. You can find her daily on Instagram, and she also has a YouTube channel with all her tutorials and is launching her website shortly. She says, all of this still requires hard work on the daily as we navigate failures along with successes. We do it because we love it and for our little family of boys. Welcome to the podcast, Hilary Dawn Herrera. Thank you. We are so excited to have you here. It's so fun. Well, I'm excited to be here. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay, so that brings us to our high lows. So do you want to start, Kristen? Yeah, I can go I first. Yeah, I got, I, I I got mine down. It's hard. I'll, I'll let you guys let's think. See, let's see. Maybe it'll inspire me. <laughs> okay, my low is, I feel like on the podcast, all we do is talk about our technical difficulties. and Well, it? we just had some more technical difficulties today, but my real low was that we had to buy a new laptop, and they're so expensive. They are. That's my high. (laughs) (laughs) Different priorities. (laughs) No, I was just sad we had to blow all that money, but I guess I am happy to have the new computer, so that's funny. I'm Um, converting Kristen to Mac, so I'm really excited. But it's just hard to have to learn it all. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But I'm excited about it. And my high was we finally, we started remodeling my bathroom Labor Day weekend and haven't touched it since. And this last weekend, we finally started doing it again, doing the tile on the walls, and it's so cute. I'm so excited. It is cute. Can't wait for it to be finished. So that was my high. What do you got, Maddie? Well, my high is that we got a new laptop. (laughs) (laughs) My low is that we have to figure out how to record on a Mac now, so. It's all new. It's all new, and (laughs) yeah. I guess also my low, the other day I was driving home from work, and I left at 6 o'clock, and usually I leave at 7 but I was like, oh, I get off a little early, I'm going to go home, maybe I can, like, make dinner before my husband gets home. No dice. usually I'm home, late, home mm. later. Traffic. Yeah, traffic. <laughs> I yeah. sat in traffic for two hours. Yeah, you might as well just stayed and then had a nice little... I would have gone home earlier. Home. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It. That's insane. So... That's too bad. I know, that mountain. The point of the mountain. I know, and that's right where I'm at, so I hear you. Yeah. So, okay, let's see. Milo, it's been, I mean, it's hard to interpret this one as a low, but actually yesterday was my first day off in two weeks. So not that that's bad, but it's a little bit of a low for me just because I do better with a little bit of a break. 
to oh. refuel. So that was kind of intense for me. And then so the low wasn't the day off. It was the, this two weeks. The low wasn't the day off. The low was the two off. weeks straight that was intense, yeah. even though I planned it. But yeah, and I was geared up for it and it was all good. But yeah, I crashed yesterday. And then a high would probably be that I started doing my one-on-ones again. And I really loved it. I just really love connecting directly and knowing that it really helps them. And the very next day, she was able to like do her client. But not only that, she walked in somewhere and someone asked her her nails and asked her what she charged. She told them her full price and they were like, great, let's book. I love it. And she felt so insecure about that. So that was, we talked through that a lot and that was a win for me. That's That's awesome. Are your one-on-ones one day or are they? We do them by hour. And then we can, yeah, and the beauty is we can customize it to what people need. And so that one was an acrylic, actually, one-on-one. And we always put business in there because you can't. Yeah. You can be the best artist in the world, but if you don't know how to implement it so that you're not making less than minimum wage. She was making less than it when we broke it down with all her costs. She was making, people don't realize it. So that was a win that she, like, accepted it. Yeah. And she implemented it, and it was received well. Yeah. So I love that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Okay. So we just want to hear your story. Like what pushed you to get into the beauty industry okay. and just how it's been. How it's all the been. The whole 15 years. Whole, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking like, oh, it's almost been 16. That's nuts. So like Chris, I was a side job. I was going crazy being on campus nonstop, even though I love getting education and I love that I have my degrees, mm-hmm. but um, my sister had done nails through college. So I was like, I might as well. But as a child, I would sit and like buy the crappy product from the, I don't, it was like the grocery store and like figure out acrylics and they would be like fall off the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would always been kind of obsessed with it. I think it was just a creative outlet for me. And I also had always been like putting together businesses as a kid. Like I would put together all these babysitting businesses and like tarot cards and I hated babysitting, (laughs) but I love the idea of putting together businesses and coordinating. So I finally was like, well, I'll just do this. So I did it as night school after I'd been at school all day and then started it while I was in school and finished my degrees. And I was making more money doing nails part-time than officially teaching full-time, which is not great for our education system, but it was a good timing for me because it allowed me to be flexible. I was having my first, my oldest boy Mm -hmm. when I graduated and I did it from home. So I've done it from a salon, from home, I've owned the salon, I've worked out commission and booth rent and all the different things and all the taxes and the taxes. (laughs) Oh, they're hard. Right. And so I kept doing it. And then I started, I had a friend really push me to get my license to be an instructor for nails as well. Mm -hmm. And she like put in my lap, my first student. And I was so honest with my first student. Like I love teaching, but I have to do these clients. I have to make ends meet because I was providing for our family at that time while my husband was figuring out what he was going to be when he grew up. And (laughs) it's okay. Like that's a process. Right. Right? I feel like we expect each other to just know. And I had no clue this was growing this way. So I started doing apprenticeships and I loved it. And then we needed more space for my students. So Mm -hmm. I took the leap to get like kind of my own little studio. And then we needed more space for more people to stay. And so then I took the huge leap of opening our bigger location. And I remember just like walking, listening to self-help books to pump me up to like take (laughs) the risk. So, and so it's grown to this and Every year, there's something new given to me. I don't know, like becoming an educator for one or traveling to the largest beauty show to teach. So I feel like I'm a little along for the ride, even though I'm a pretty strategic person. So that was a long answer. 
No. No, that's that good. good. That's awesome. What are some of those self-help books that really resonated okay, with you? Okay, so I'm kind of like addicted to these things. So having a lot of clients who tell you a lot of personal things is really helpful because they all connect me with these different people to listen to. So Brené Brown is one of my most favorite people ever and I'll like even people I'll link her new books or anything on my Instagram all the time she's to people perfect? No. yeah she's one of those for she's like she has gifts of imperfections rising strong daring greatly braving the wilderness her new ones dare to lead and she is a researcher in Texas who studies the whole heart of living and vulnerability and shame versus guilt and all those things. So she's one of the very best. I will say the one I listened to a ton when I was trying to pump myself up for taking the risk. I felt like I was risking my family's well-being because you kind of are a little bit. And yeah. just the fear of failure is pretty huge. Was Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass. Mm-hmm. It's the best oh, I book. That. I it yet. is a good book. And I listen to him. I yeah. do audit like, so that I can get it done wherever I'm at. Yeah. And then Gabrielle Bernstein, The Universe Has Your Back. That's one of my go-tos. I can just turn on at any point. So those are my three. I love days. that. I think I just downloaded, because I have Audible, and I have, I think I downloaded The Power, wait, it's The Power of Vulnerability. Power of Vulnerability is Brandy Brown. I think that's the one I downloaded, uh, or Braving the Wilderness, I can't remember. They're so good. I have like eight credits, so I'm going to go get all those. You need to. (laughs) And the thing is too, and I talk about this in one of my courses that's going online, is you have to become somebody in the industry, any industry really, but in the beauty industry specifically, that people, that you have something to say. The people want to talk to you like yeah. you're sitting down in such a personal environment all the time. And if you haven't fed yourself or have any substance or anything new you're thinking about, it becomes mundane and small it's not talk as much, all day. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard for not only yourself, but your clients. Yeah. So I am always I'm a big believer in feeding yourself so you have something to say. I really? love that. Yeah. yeah. I've heard anyone say that. So that's really I need to go turn my audio books on after this. Heck yes. <laughs> that's so cool. So you own your salon. Own How long salon. have you had your salon? So Lacquered Loft, we opened three and a half years ago, officially. I didn't realize it was that it's recent. It's young, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I just functioned everything under my own, and I was doing apprenticeships under my own, and it just got too big. Yeah. Yep. That's a good problem. Which is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how has it been owning a salon? Um, Guys, there's been some heartache and real like positive things too. So the heartache has been when people come and go based on maybe decisions you made that you didn't think were negative or hard. And all you can do is readjust Mm -hmm. and keep going. And so it's been a huge thing in our lives. And about a year ago this month, my husband, Quinn, came on full time. So he runs the salon as much as he can so I can run my education as yeah. much as I can. And that's helped a ton. Like we have our lanes, but we are always crossing over and helping each other. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome. non-traditional relationship. We've never had like set roles. Mm-hmm. Like dinner has to be eaten by all. So if somebody's home and can make it, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. just yeah. make it, you know? <laughs> I love that. It has been so rewarding, but there have been some very painful moments. Yeah. Just learning the hard lessons and adjusting. I feel like we don't talk about them enough. So as an owner, any business you're owning, like, in fact, Brandy Brown's new book, she talks about it in the very beginning, Dare to Lead, that there will be inevitably, if you're going to be courageous enough to lead, there will be so many highs, but there will also be heartache and how to navigate through them, learn from them and move on. And I just think that that's something that we're afraid to talk about because it is vulnerable. Yeah. 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 I feel like the hard part is moving on. 
like when things yeah. happen that are like painful or really hard, it's hard to not like dwell on that. Well, some of them are embarrassing. Yeah. Like, it's hard to be like, here I have this whole spot and nobody's here. I think anybody in the industry understands that. You start somewhere. Yeah. And, like, we don't want to pretend we start nowhere. I even get those comments on Instagram, like, well, I only have this many followers. I'm like, yeah, but if they're all, like, diehard, loyal, like, who cares? The numbers aren't there. It's about your content and what you want to give to the world. What are you trying to say? But it can be really hard to move on. I don't know. I don't know what the exact formula is to sitting in it, filling it, figuring it out. And, and maybe it's unique to each situation, but there does come a point where you just pick something new and start doing it and yeah. see if it works. And if it fails and you pick something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is like, you just have to go for it. It's you either going to work or it's not. And if yeah. it doesn't, what's I next? I don't know why we're so afraid to show when things don't work. When I started Lacquered Loft, I thought I'll just do booth rent. Yeah. And that'll be so easy for me. And then I had somebody want to do some commission. I was like, why not? I'll figure that out. So then I figured that out. And then I was like, okay, now I'm the one taking this huge risk for my family. And I was making a little bit more off commission at the time. And I was like, I'm just going to only bring on people who are commissioned. So then when people wanted to switch to booth rent, it was painful. And I was like, I think I need to stay commissioned. And then I lost those dear friends because they needed for their business to go to booth rent. Yeah. yeah, And we've gone this back and forth thing. So now we actually offer all of it. And we've learned to just roll with the waves. Mm-hmm. However people need it for their lives, they need it. And you can't control everything. Yeah. So that was a that was a painful lesson for me. But I feel like, like it's ingrained in me now. I know it's not about me. It's what they need. And if I can provide a space for them, that's what we try to do. Yeah. I think that is a huge point for salon owners, business owners, studio owners, is the people that are working commission for you, you want them to grow. Mm -hmm. And that's a, I mean, it's hard to let them go and Mm -hmm. you might cut back on your income, but. Totally. Oh, it will. Yeah, it totally will. But But something else will present itself. Yes. And we need to be happy for those people. One of my friends was saying that her salon owner, when she switched, she was like, well, you're competition to us now. And, like, wanted her to go booth rent somewhere else. And I was like, that's horrible. She should be so happy for you that you've gotten to the point where you can now go booth rent and make something better of yourself. The flip side of that, though, and I have to, one thing I've learned along the way is to respect however anybody runs their business. There might be a reason why she needs that boundary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's also okay because we just don't know each other's situation. But I do think supporting and encouraging each other in our industry only opens more doors. Yes. I had something to say, but I can't even think anymore because you blew my mind. (laughs) No, that was good. I'll come back to it if I think of it. Okay. I will say this. I do think the hardest part is wanting everybody's approval Mm -hmm. and learning to not be subject to that. It's just a visual industry. And so you want everybody to love everything you do, every everything you put out there. And not everybody's going to love it. Yeah. And learning and being okay with that, like, requires therapy. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> I So if you know any good therapists, no, pass them our way. Right. So what would you say to someone who's wanting to open their own salon? I believe strongly, I call it the crock pot method. Slowly warm up. Start somewhere. Find somewhere you can afford. Maybe it's smaller. Not with thinking like, I have to find my end game right now. You don't have to find your biggest space right now. So find what fits within your means, what's manageable. So you're not going to be so stressed or counting on tips to cover your lease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a huge mistake we all make in general in the industry is counting on tips versus charging what you're worth and the tips are a tip. So find something within your means, have a really clear vision of what you want it to be, but be willing to adjust. And then you got to get good people in your pocket. 
like somebody who's helping you with your finances, somebody who's helping you understand how you're going to market yourself. Yeah. And those people can be your friends. They don't, you don't have to hire everybody. It's just people to help you think outside your own brain, I yeah. think, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I feel like this is a common saying, but I did actually learn it from you when you were like, do what you do best and hire someone to do the rest or pay someone to do the rest. And mm-hmm. you were just holding like a thing of chopped carrots. You're like, I'm not chopping my own carrots. I'm just going to pay someone to do that. I don't have time. I <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. I, don't, I pay somebody to clean my house. I used to think that was super like mom guilt, failing as a woman. I don't know. Just in my head, I'd made up a story about that. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, like I'm really good at being at the salon and like either teaching a one-on-one or doing my clients or teaching a class and then I don't care if I break even with somebody paying somebody else with their own business like you got to give back yeah. yeah like so in my mind I'm like I'm giving my friend who love who built this she cleans a business it's her own small business on her own like I love supporting her yeah she supports me she actually gets her nails done by me like it goes full circle. So this guilt and this idea of you have to do everything is just not a thing, especially yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm all about that. Yeah, I feel like same. It, it just elevates you and your business and allows you to grow when you can realize what things someone else can do better. And, and she does way better. She cares more (laughs) than I could care about that. I mean, that's just one example, but it's one that I feel passionate about because, because she is a small business Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel like I'm supporting her too. And I'm not good at it. Yeah. And I love that you look at it that way, that you're supporting other people. And it's true in the industry, whether you're doing hair or nails or like a makeup or whatever it is, you're like craving clients Mm -hmm. to come into you, but then you get so busy doing that, that you're not supporting other people. Yeah, that's true. It's tricky. Yeah. I mean, you always want to do things within your means, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, the idea of abundance versus scarcity. Like, there will be enough. Like, mm-hmm. I can pay her. I can do this and make money. And it just goes around and around. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I love that thought. It's really good. Yeah. What's something that they didn't teach you in school that you make sure to teach your students? Taxes. Yes. <laughs> and finances. And I think I'm still learning. Like, I thought I had this perfect accountant who just got what my business was. And all of a sudden now he's, like, delaying getting things done. And I looked at Quinn, my husband, the other day, and I'm like, are we going to have to find a new accountant? <laughs> and I was so sad about it. But, like, it's okay. People move and grow in their life. But financially, like, understanding how to save a little or buy in bulk, it does save you money. Or It's the finance tax side that people don't talk about. Like, it's magically supposed to be something you know about. Yeah. yeah. So I try to make sure at least they understand, like, no matter what you're walking into, doing it at home, doing it at commission-based salon or a booth rent salon or any of that, that they understand their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I can't offer them financial advice because I don't know which tax bracket they fall in and all that stuff. But I'm like, find somebody to tell you how much to save or understand if you're commissioned that you're not like 1099 and charge of your own taxes that you are like taxes are pulling in your w-2 or that you at least know yeah like know what's happening because i feel like that takes people out of the game they have a full year they come to tax season they owe a few thousand they don't have that why am i doing this and they go get a nine to five Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so important. I wish they would, even just like a day in school, they would cover that. Even in like normal college. Or high school. Four years. Yeah, I <laughs> never learned about high school. That. Yeah, and I'm still learning big time. Like Quinn and I sat down yesterday and I was like, okay, what is the vision, the distinct goals with finances so that we're being real adults? <laughs> 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 like, and 
I don't have it perfect, but I feel like I at least am aware. We do live in a beautiful country, but we do have responsibilities that come with it. And they just didn't really share much yeah. of it. Yeah. There is a ebook course thing that Kristen and I learned about in at the IBS beauty show in Vegas. Ooh, love that show. It's called Financial, Financial Fitness. Fitness. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's this guy named Steve Gomez, and he, we'll link it in our notes, but he does that for salons. He used to have a salon, and he was getting so much cash, getting so much cash, and he was like, dude, I'm, like, raking it in. I'm loaded. He, like, had this lavish lifestyle, and then he got screwed. <laughs> well, not screwed, like, but he got caught by the R- IRS, IRS yeah. and he owed... I think it was like $80,000. And he lost everything. He lost everything. He lost his family. Like, it was sad, sad. Um, but now he helps salons and I think probably individuals too, not just salons. Does he? Independent contractors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he has this ebook um, called Financial Fitness, and me and Kristen have it, and it's amazing. It has all these spreadsheets where you put in, like, how many clients you took that week and how much retail you sold. It just has everything that you could think of that you want to know and want organized he's like made spreadsheets and that's cool yeah it's been super helpful i'm just gonna put that on my list (laughs) but see that's the thing like we're all learning all the time yeah and so like that's so helpful yeah and then he has another one for salon owners owners called like cultivating i don't know cultures i don't know i don't know what it's called but it's more it's to help you learn how to manage a salon and how to hold meetings and stuff like that because if you've never managed anything before how are you going to know how to own a salon and in that, so it's super we helpful we haven't started that one yet but i kind of looked over some of the sheets that he sends mm-hmm. over and there's like ways to interview people and he just has tons of forms that we all need when you're owning a salon or when you're yeah. and he just has them all written down and it's really nice so we'll link it it's amazing that's yeah, I'm glad that. you brought that up. I know, I just remembered. So, you grew your Instagram following so fast. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I don't... And I, some things I did. Okay, yeah. You want me to share? Yeah. It's helpful. <laughs> we want all the tips. Part of it is, I mean, I had... I started... When did I start that Instagram? One, two... Almost two and a half years ago is my private Hillary Don Herrera Instagram. Mm-hmm. I had only focused on my lacquered loft Instagram for all the time before that. And this is something I would say to salon owners. I got lost in it for reals. Like people didn't even know who I was. And and I was like, that's fine. I'm not even taking new clients. But then as my girls left and came and it became more, I wanted to expand my business as well. And yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, I did that wrong. <laughs> and then, so I just started over with that. So we still run Lacquer Loft Instagram fully and it's for the whole salon and we love it. And it's so cool. But Hillary Don Herrera, I started the two and a half years ago. And I think what it really comes down to is what content, what are you giving people? Mm-hmm. Try to be valuable and try to be authentic. I would say at first, try not to watch the numbers, which is totally stupid and a lie. We all watch the numbers. But try not to let it affect your self-worth. For me, yeah. that's a struggle. Sometimes I have to be like, okay, it's okay if you lost some followers. Like, <laughs> yeah. not everybody wants to see what you're teaching all the time. That's okay. But I really focused on, I love doing videos mm-hmm. and all that. But I think it's really important to go in and interact. 
Mm-hmm. It's yes. the biggest thing. And if you're just posting things and hoping people will just show up, they might. But if you're not interacting with them, and I like will go on other people's pages. I heard, I learned from, what's her name? Shailene Johnson. She's like a beach body turbo like. <laughs> <laughs> but one time she said something really interesting that stuck with me. And this is how I built both of them from the beginning. Was she's like, find your target audience, like your target person, and go interact on their page. Mm-hmm. Be interested in their lives. The way all the social media platforms are built differently, right? But Instagram specifically, the way the algorithm works, and yes, it changes all the time. And no, I don't get notifications of when it changes. Yeah. I do notice like, huh, we're getting less traffic and things. But ultimately, it's meant to be social. Yeah. So if you yourself are not being social, your algorithm doesn't open up. Like tagging other people is a huge one because it then suggests and shows their followers you as well. Like it's this interesting world. So if you try to keep it all really close to the vest, it doesn't build as fast is my opinion. Yeah. So I tried to make sure I was interacting with those target audiences. I was hoping that by sharing and that was a risk for me because it felt a little vulnerable because I'm like, well, no, like what if I want to sell the product? And then they go somewhere else and they go to their page and buy it. Like they might. Sometimes I'm like, I have a link, buy it through my link. Do I get paid on some of my links? Some of them I do. Yeah. But like if they don't buy through me, that's okay. But at least I'm a source and eventually I hope it comes back. Mm -hmm. So I think being really social, targeting your target audience and then consistent content. Yeah. And I think you're really, really good about that. You're on your stories almost every single day like you're always the first on our instagram we watch oh, that makes me happy i uh slack off when my life shifts like during the summer i wasn't as active but i had my babies at home yeah and it just had to be okay yeah i didn't have the time to go and film things i wanted to show you guys and then have them set for the whole week because i had my babies at home yeah so i didn't get to do that as much during the summer and now as i'm getting to do that more it's picked up more and i think we all pretend we're not subject to those things but we are just call it how it is do you have like a goal or like a certain set time you like to comment on people's things or do you just kind of do it throughout the day whenever I do it you get throughout a chance the day whenever i get the chance which is not as organized as people would tell you to be i do know that in the very early morning before like i have this little bit of a schedule I'm not as on top of things as I'm going to sound right now, just so everybody's aware. <laughs> but I usually go to Pilates in the morning, and before I go, I get on, interact, and try to post something. So something is going for the day. And then I kind of have a schedule throughout. I know how many I want to post a day. I have a goal, and I adjust that according to what my life allows. How many things do you post on mm-hmm. your page? How many do you usually post? During the summer, I was lucky if I got a good solid one or two. Now I try to at least get three. There was a time where I was for sure every two hours. Are you serious? But I just had the time. Wait, on story or on your feet? Both. Really? Combo. Yeah, I combine them. Um, like, we're doing so many great stories, but, like, our feed is still a thing. Yeah. yeah. And mine is, at least, because I want it to be a resource that people can refer to over and over if they need to go find a tutorial or yeah. they'll see a business insight or feel like somebody relates to what they're going through. My stories are not as planned. Mm -hmm. I'll just sit down. I like that though. Yeah. I just sit down and if I have time or if I get a couple DMs asking about something, I'll do like a swipe up to it. I try to make them as authentic as possible. They're not planned. Sometimes I'll plan out my posts so that I make sure I have the content ready. It makes you more sane if you can do it that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's the ultimate goal. I think it's nice to plan it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So do you notice when you're posting more that things are 
Yeah. More engagement, growing faster. Absolutely. The really? more you post, the more engagement you get. I mean, you don't want to be the annoying yeah, friend. Yeah. But the way everything shows now is different because it's not all chronological. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're going to pop open and see Posting. seven posts. Yeah. Unless they all had crazy, huge engagement, which is cool. And I think everybody's formula is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And everybody just wants the formula. And I'm like, how about you just start producing things mm-hmm. and see what works out? I pay for two different feedback things to tell me what's giving me better interaction and to be totally honest I haven't looked deep into them for months I'll glance at them every day because I think whatever is measured will grow I think if you just ignore it it doesn't grow but I don't go into the depth of who and where and what I just have to see like quick feedback like Mm -hmm. okay this worked that day that didn't work that day. The other part is where your following is at. So if you have a really high local following, you need to be really aware of what's going on locally, like spring break or fall break. Like if your following is age 18 to 34 or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're likely to get in there, at least in Utah, for example, a lot of parents and moms. And if it's spring break, they're probably in Disneyland with their kids. Yeah. So your engagement is probably going to be lower. It's mm-hmm. not that you suck. It's that they have lives too. Yeah. yeah. And I think we just don't give each other that grace. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not looking at the numbers as intently. Being aware so you can measure, but not helps you keep your sanity. Yeah. So on your feed, you post lots... I feel like, is your target audience uh, nail text? Yeah, nail text. I walk a weird line, and I'm aware of it. Like, I sometimes walk that line of, like, I'll share other things I do or use that maybe Mm -hmm. aren't necessarily just nail. Yeah. And I don't know how well that's super received, but I do it because I like it. Yeah. And so I hope hope it's well received. But a lot of, like, my Hillary Don Hillary page is huge, like, nail education. I have started slipping in, like, the business education more. It's just finding the right format to share it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that you can also evolve. Like Yeah, you, you can change. Yeah. Just change it. When we started our Instagram, it was, like, clients, clients, clients always show pictures of our work. And now we kind of want to go more towards helping in business. So mm-hmm. now we're posting a lot more tips that way. Yep. And I think it's great. You can always yeah. evolve. And people go back. If they want to see clients' things or they want to see work, they'll go back. Yeah, they'll yeah. go way people back People insta-stock like nobody's business. We all do. <laughs> because I do it every day. I do, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so funny. Who is one of your favorite Instagram accounts to follow? That's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like, the funniest, most inspirational. Uh, Give us a couple oh, if you need doll. to. You know what's funny is I actually follow a few hashtags. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that, but to me, it's a thing. It's kind of nice. So I'm kind of a hippie at heart. A lot of people don't know about this, but I follow one hashtag that's called healing that I really love. It gives me insights and things every day. They'll just post little sayings and things that I'm like, oh, thank you. I yeah. needed that today because we're inherently hard on ourselves. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things to follow. And then I do like my followers and people I felt like I am in their accounts all the time. They don't usually know it. And I for sure try to give people credit if I'm inspired by or something but I like to get in there and see what everybody's doing so do you go to your followers and look in their accounts or do you search a hashtag or do you I both? usually go through my feed like my like see where things are posting through and I'll go through and then I sometimes do this weird thing I hope it's not stalkerish where <laughs> new followers I'll like go to their page and if they're not private like try to go support them yeah. Oh, I like that. So it's some of my Insta habits. <laughs> That's good. That's cool to know, especially because you have like, I don't know what your number is at now, but last like I looked, it was like eight, oh, 20,000 followers that you even lately. take the time for the new followers. That's something yeah, that. Yeah, I want to know who's following me and I want to know what they're doing. 
Yeah. A lot of times I'm getting a lot more people that are starting their own businesses. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. And it's not necessarily using you as a resource. Industry. Yeah. But follow the hashtag healing. It's good. Yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you have some really fun courses coming out. So I kind of yeah. just want you to pimp them out really quick. Thanks. <laughs> so in November, I have an advanced e-filing high-end cuticle class that I'm hosting, it will probably sell out quickly. All these registrations and things, I usually use my Instagram as a hub as my website is being finished. But if you go to my Instagram, and I'll do swipe ups in my story, but the link that's in your bio, if you click it, it opens up a ton of links you can scroll through. Registration is usually at the very top for that. Um, so I have that class coming up. I did start doing my one-on-ones more. So that is reaching out through DM or email. Things get lost in DMs more easily. Yeah, DMs, because you can't search. I know. You can't search, but you can mark as unread now. So that's a new Oh, cool you can? Thing. That'll change I your need life. that. I'm that's excited. That's nice. But email's usually best for that. And then... Wait, can you kind of explain the one-on-ones? Yeah, Who for can sure. take that, what it is? And, oh, thanks so much for saying that. So it's not just nails. The one-on-ones, I have done specific nail courses. Like, I want an acrylic one-on-one. I want a hard gel one-on-one. I want nail art one-on-one. And I do it by hour. I have an hourly rate. So they usually tell me kind of what they're after. And I'll say, you'll probably need this much time. Let's plan on this. And then if you want to pay for more, I'm not all about spending people's money. Yeah. So I'm like, if you want to pay for more, we'll handle it there and I create an individual course form but I also have business social media and building a clientele that applies the building a clientele applies to any business to be totally honest yeah it is a little geared towards the beauty industry but it can be easily adjusted yeah. so that's something I for sure love to offer and my husband sometimes steps in and helps too with the cool. social media stuff. His degrees in marketing, and he's been so helpful to me over the years. So sometimes he steps in. So we've actually talked about for December offering that a combo of that building a clientele social media course for anybody. I just haven't committed to it because it feels so vulnerable. But <laughs> well, we'll come. Yeah, as soon as we <laughs> so offer it, we're there. I would love it. So this year, my goal was to teach something every single month. Next year, I'm hoping to expand one-on-ones more so I can individually help people. And it sounds funny, but I have the time for it. I, I think it's because Quinn's running so much. And so never, I get messages like, I feel bad asking you. Don't feel bad. If I can't do it, I'll tell you I can't. Mm-hmm. But yep, so one-on-ones can be any of those parts of the business. I'm pretty open book. That's awesome. I love that. I try to. (laughs) And then do you, I don't know if you said this, but what about your online courses? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. So with the website launching, I don't know if the courses will come before or after the website. I feel like it doesn't matter, (laughs) which is bad. But they are coming. But they're coming. Yes, I've actually created a few. I would like to try, and this is just out there, I would like to try a live webinar. And then I also have some that I've already put together on specific little tutorials and things that I want to put up as online things that you can buy for a reasonable price to implement into your life and business and whatever. So yeah, those are that. coming. This yeah. is all part of the next year's goals. That's so, so exciting. Yeah, and the, I think the best thing about Hillary is she doesn't hold anything back. She shares all of her tips. Everything that's worked doesn't work. She'll tell you everything. And I really try successful. to. you're successful. Like, even though you're giving all this knowledge, it's not like people are taking it and taking your business. It's like makes you more successful. So I will share this. Quinn and I, Quinn has to be, he's my person who reminds me and keeps me on track of my vision. And whenever I have, we call it squeezing. It's like when you have a new pet and you just <laughs> love it so much that you squeeze it to death versus like sharing and letting it live. <laughs> so he'll tell, like, remind me, like, you're squeezing. Because I'm not immune to that feeling of, like, what if they take this and I become nothing and I feel screwed and... yeah. 
become nothing. Like, I th- I don't know if that's a natural defense mechanism. Is, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so he tries to remind me, you're squeezing. It will be okay if you share. So he's partially to thank for that because he helps me remember. And it does. Things come back to you. I don't know if you guys believe in karma. I don't know what it yeah. is. but And there's things that I won't share if I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I haven't gotten it to a point where I'm comfortable backing it up, mm-hmm. that's when I won't. I've had people message me like, because I've also done some, like, you know, the press on nails, like custom press on nails because they use those on the runway and stuff and yeah. I've started being like if you want them if I have time I'll create them for you because people live all over the world and I can ship them to them and people oh, are like what cool. are you using it's a fun thing and I've worn them and I've been like testing them and somebody some people have wanted like what are you using what things and what that and I'm like look I'm not ready to share because I don't even know that's good yet, yeah or, yeah so that's when I will hold back because I feel like I have to be authentic and be able to back it up Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you don't. And sometimes just... people do have to learn for themselves. I, yeah. It's not like I'm trying to teach a lesson. It's just if I can't back it up, I won't share it. But that's another whole different part of the business that I just was doing for fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. But that was an example of when I had to say, "Hey, I'm not ready to share." Most yeah. of the time, I try not to squeeze my pet <laughs> and share. I love how rounded your business is. I feel like people could look at your nail tech, you just do nails. And that's as far as people take it. Or like, you just do lashes and that's just, that's all I'm going to do. But it's like, look at all these cool things you're doing. And you, you just, do, I mean, I'm doing air quotes, just do nails. Like, <laughs> I know you could more see than us. <laughs> yeah, no. Like I told you right before we started this, there's kind of like five or six businesses functioning within one. Yeah. And then when one starts to really blossom, we'll like make it an official like DBA tax style and like get all official about it. But I don't feel like we have control of the beast (laughs) for the right. (laughs) Well, I want you to make a tax course for me. Maybe I'll do a one on one with you all about taxes. The pressure (laughs) is so scary. But if I can figure it all out and can back it up, I would, of course, share. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. This was so fun. And I feel like we talked about some really valuable things that were going to help a lot of people. So where can everyone find you? Okay, so Hillary Dawn Herrera. It's one L. H-I-L-A-R-Y. D-A-W-N. And then Herrera is H-E-R-R-E-R-A. And that is on Instagram and on YouTube. And it will be the website as well. And usually if you're in doubt, turn to Instagram. It'll all be linked there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for having me, you guys. You're so awesome. You guys are killing it. Oh, oh you're, you're sweet. <laughs> you're killing it. It, it was, was so, so inspiring. And it was so fun to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, so make sure you check out her page. It's seriously so fun. And she shows so many videos and tutorials. And there's just a lot. As you can tell, there's a lot going on there's over a there. Lot. There's a lot going <laughs> on. And it's fun. There's something for everyone on her page. We don't even do nails. And I look at her stuff every day. And yeah, same. <laughs> So, yeah, make sure you check her out, Hillary Don Herrera. You got it. <laughs> Herrera. And then make sure you check us out as well, Beauty Mavens Collective on Instagram. And then for all the show notes with all of the links to the things we talked about, beautymavenscollective.com slash podcast. And we'll see you next week. XO, XO Beauty, Beauty Mavens. Mavens. Did that record? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>